welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Okay, so we get to talk about three exciting Christian memes today. If you're into your Christian memes or you have colouring books, things like that, I've got three of them loaded into this five-verse passage, don't we? We've got do not worry, okay? Seek first the kingdom, and we've got where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we're going we're gonna to unpack some memes today, and we're going to talk about what these are and how we might build into these as Christians if we're here and we're following Jesus today. Number one, do not worry. Now, I don't know if you're like me. I am, I'm naturally a worrier. That's my sort of general position with things. You tell me about something, I will immediately think of what could go wrong, and then worry would be my natural kind of next step. Um, God and I are working on that. He's working on that with me. But I've often heard this kind of as a little bit of a, of, as a criticism, essentially. You know, the sort of do not, do not sin, do not do the wrong thing. And then the worry kind of is actually a, a, and then a wrong thing, a sin that I might be doing. But actually, that's, that's not quite how Jesus is saying it. That's the uh, seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Your father knows that you need them, food and drink and clothing. Your father knows you need them. It's much more this picture of someone coming with them, putting their arm around you and saying, don't worry about it. You've got a father who loves you. It's sorted. It's okay. It's much more that than it is to tell you off for worrying and that worrying is a problem. And actually, the other thing this bit of uh, text does for us is it sets out two different types of people. Did you notice that? There's the pagans, the pagan world, and then there's the flock, okay? The pagan, do not worry about what you will eat or drink. Don't set your heart in it. That's what the pagan world does. Have no fear, little flock. Your father is delighted, is pleased to give you the kingdom. And actually, the two different, the two different things, the, the thing that splits those people from each other is actually their relationship, isn't it? The father knows that you need them. And so actually, it's a, it's a relationship between us as people who follow Jesus as sons and daughters of God that makes us able to not worry. Okay, so if you're, it, if you're here and that's not true for you yet, that's where we want to start, actually, what we don't want to start with is like, okay, what we need to do is you need to come to church, you need to get on a team, you need to give money to the poor, and you need to do lots of stuff. That's not where we start. We start with, you have a father who loves you. His plan and his heart for you is that you don't feel worried, and you don't feel fearful about what you're going to eat or where you're going to live and all that, because you have a father who loves you and knows you need them and is delighted to give you what you need. Um, I don't know what your holidays were like. Have we got an exciting holiday picture there somewhere, I think? Um, I don't know what your holidays were like growing up. Um, my family are a camping family. Okay, there they are. Um, <laughs> I don't do my own slides, just so you know. There's a wonderful, because it's a bit of a complex, complicated system. There's a woman at the office who does them for me, so I just tell her what I want, and she picks humorous pictures. Um, we were a camping family. And so I don't know if you know that, I think the adventure of camping is you just don't know where your next meal is coming from, do you? You can't keep enough food in the tent like without it going off. So you've got to go to the shop every day and then you're in, a, you're in the countryside. So the shops just close randomly on random days and you just have to forage for crisps or whatever. Um, you go, do I, can I have a drink of water, mum? And she's like, in the hedge over there is a tap. And if you can find it, you can fill up your... You know, there's just there's adventure to it. It's exciting. But it's very different um, 
to, to that kind of that con- kind of constant picture of worrying. My, my parents used to joke that they were apocalypse-proofing us, which is not quite quite scary when you're ten, um, but fun. The the the, the uh, one this one time, my parents splashed out, and they took us to Egypt on an all-inclusive hotel holiday, which for us camping kids, I not I got a woo, was it was so exciting. But it took a few days to get used to. The idea that you could just go up to the bar and say, I would like a drink, and a drink would appear. We were too young for alcohol, but like we could have Coca-Cola as often as we wanted. We could have mocktails, we could have juice, we could get biscuits and crisps. You could go for breakfast at the breakfast bar, and you could get pancakes and cereal and bacon, and then back to the pancakes. You could do the whole thing. It would be great. That's, that's, part, that's a, quite a bad picture, and I'm sure you could pick it apart theologically, but there's, there's something of that. There's something of... I'm staying in this place where someone has already paid my bill. I'm staying in this place. It's like my family home or this all-inclusive hotel where everything I need is actually provided for already. I have to go and ask. I have to, to do some things with it. But actually, essentially, it is given to me already. That's the kind of security that God wants us to have as his kids. It's a relational security rather than a transaction rather than give me some things, go find the tap in the bush, go to the shop, do the things. You, you worry about that. The, the impetus comes from you for finding your stuff. And actually, for me, this has been a... Like I said, I am a bit of a worrier, and this has been a constant movement for me towards God. Through I've been a Christian about 16 years, um, and this has kind of been a constant thing I've had to return to of how do I put my hope then in God? How do I trust him when something new comes up, when the budget has to change and, and suddenly we don't have money for something or when there's a big expenditure or a problem or when someone else needs our help or when, I, when I'm ill or something happens, I have to kind of almost come back to this verse. Your father is delighted to give you the kingdom. Have no fear, little flock. Do not worry. I have to kind of say those things to myself in prayer and almost imagine why well, God is with you, but I almost imagine pictorially there's God there are his hands and he's taking my fear he's got that stuff and actually he's got me as well he's holding me he's paid the bill he's sorted the place he's got the food he's got what I need and I can trust him so that's like I said that's the first that's the first Christian meme that we're going to deal with Um, and actually if, if we're not in relationship with God yet that's where we need to start that's the one that we need to take away from today And if that's you, we'd love to pray for you afterwards if you're ready to say, actually, I'd love that relationship with the Father. I'd love that relationship with Jesus. Then uh, come and let us know. We'd love to pray. So our second Christian meme is uh, seek first the kingdom. And this is from verses 32 and 33. Do not be afraid, little flock. Your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. And then the seek first the kingdom is year 31. Seek first this kingdom, these things will be given to you as well. So like we said, we hear out of relationship. And then this, this seek first the kingdom, we, we talk about it in lots of different ways. And actually, it's, it's talked about in a few different ways in the New Testament. But here, it seems very specifically connected to Give to the poor, sell your possessions, give things away. And actually, with the sense of what you're not, you're not giving stuff away, you're investing it. Did you get that? So it's um, give things to the poor, provide purses for yourselves that won't wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted. 
So this sense then that what we have in this life, we have money, all of us have some, we have a place to live, we have time, we have ourselves, we have our ability to relate, we have our emotional capacity, we have all of these gifts. And actually what we do with that makes a difference, not just now, but it can make a difference in eternity as well. If you were here a few weeks ago, we just went through a series in Thessalonians and we talked about what it will look like when Jesus comes back. Jesus' plan is to come back and remake the world completely in God's image so that God is dwelling with us and pain and sickness and war and death are all done away with. And at that point, what will happen is that where you've invested your time and your money and your heart will change what happens at that point. And you'll be able to see the people that you've blessed and the things that you've done in this life will come through in that one. And so there's this invitation to live for something that's bigger than yourself, to live out of this relationship with the Father into something that's bigger than yourself and for the future. Now, Jeff and I realise that this is one of those things that preaching on that is harder in November 2022 than at other times, isn't it? For us to say as a community, we are going to commit to giving to the poor and we're going to invest our time and our money, and we're not going to worry about things. We're going to trust God with them. That's easy to say when things are good, and that's really hard to say when things are difficult. And I think all of us here and all of our friends and all of our neighbours, if we're honest, are probably looking at our budgets and going, can we do this? This is a bit scary. Maybe this is very scary. Maybe I'm not going to be okay. Maybe I feel like I can't, I can't give anything to God because I don't actually have enough for myself right now. This is a really scary moment for many, many people. Now, I don't want to pretend that that's not true. And I don't want to pretend that that's not, that's not here with us. It's probably here with us for all of us. But actually, it would have been there for Jesus' disciples and the people following him as well. Some of them were quite well off. Most of them weren't. And many of them really weren't on a scale that, that most of us won't ever in, interact with, as in some of them would have been grown up with constantly not enough food to eat. There would not have been the availability of healthcare and education and, and a social network that looked after people like there is in our country, like we have the privilege of living in. And so Jesus isn't unaware. He's not just saying this brashly to make everyone feel bad. He's not unaware. But what is it that he wants? What he wants is for you to be able to let go of fear and let go of worry and trust God with the future. And in doing so, to be able to see what you have, bless other people around you and to live for something greater than yourself. And it's almost like, so Jeff and I have done, I've done this a little bit. Um, in, in September, we kind of came back to our budgets, probably like a lot of people did, and kind of went, okay, we're going to have to cut back on some things and we're going to need to work out how we do that we want to do that well we want to prepare well I don't know if you come out the summer holidays kind of broke um, because you had to forage for crisps a bit too often over the holidays or whatever but we usually find September we need to rethink things and one of the things that we were like is we don't we don't want to especially because it's how I generally react we really don't want to decide to live out of fear we really want to do our best to live out of faith and also we know that however bad we have it, we both have quite stable jobs. We have families that could probably help us if we needed it. We're in quite a good position, actually, and lots of people aren't. So, okay, Lord, we said, how do we do that well? So actually, when we rebudgeted, we decided we'd give more to church than we did before. 
Now, I know that that's an odd subject to, to talk about sometimes, money, but we'll go there. Um, we decided that we'd give more to church than we had before, that we'd up our giving by a percentage, and also that we would set aside a blessing budget, which is something someone else had told us that they do. So and it's not masses, but we decided we'd take some of what we were trying to save in other areas and we would decide to put it in an account that we are only allowed to use to give away. And that has been so much fun. We've only been doing it for three months. We started to involve the kids in it and say, kids, who should, who should we give money to this month? And we've been doing that with them. And it's, it's, been, it's fun to do, I have to say, but it's also something that I don't quite know the mechanism of it, and I, I couldn't necessarily say whether it's a spiritual or emotional thing or just a practical thing, but there's something about it that's gone, okay, we're pressing into something that isn't fear. We're pressing into something that is trusting God and trusting that, we, that we're going to be all right, despite the fact that we're making funny decisions, actually. And that, and that is, if you didn't have a relationship with God, that would be quite a weird decision, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be a very wise decision. But because we know God, because we know we're safe and we're looked after, you can, we can make that decision. So that will probably look different for all of us. And actually, I know that we got the idea for the blessing budget from some people here. And I know lots of people here do look after their neighbours and you do give to church. We wouldn't know. Just so you know, I don't know how other churches work. We have no idea. Like Jeff and I, we're not told who gives or how much or anything like that. Nobody knows that that's not how we work as a church. We have trustees and, and they deal with all the financial side to keep us all looking after one another well and safely. Um, sorry, that was a side point slightly. What we get to do is to look at our time and our money and ourselves and we get to chat with God, our Father, and say, Father, what would you like me to do? It might be that you can rebudget and you can give to church and that will invite people onto this mission and grow sites and grow small groups. It will help us do more compassion ministries. Thank you so much if that's you. But it might be that that's not you. It might be that you might have some time or some skills or some heart space for people and that's what God wants you to give. And so at the end what we'll do is we'll give a little bit of time for us to pray and to seek God and discern and maybe pray for each other if you're not sure um, to, to see what God might be doing with us because it's a very individual thing isn't it what we give and how we give that's a very individual thing but that's the invitation from God is to say take these steps seek the kingdom lean into fearlessness and then as you do that God will delight to give you the kingdom does he see that so it's seek first the kingdom and then God will give it to you. Sell your stuff, give to the poor, lean into courage, lean into God, and he will keep leading you towards the kingdom. Our final meme, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I think we have this really interestingly at the moment, don't we, in lots of news about different companies and different big organizations, that there's, a, there's more open kind of questioning of big organizations. I'm like, what is it? Why are you making the decisions you're making? Why are you deciding to invest in this when actually that's not very ecologically friendly? Or why are you treating your staff like this but making record profits? We're starting to ask those questions about companies because we want to hold them to account. And what we want to do is not allow people, or allow, allow companies that are making big decisions about our world or governments to be able to pretend they're doing something they're not. So to pretend they're really kind to people when actually they're not treating people very well over here. 
Now, that's a really positive thing, because you, and it's because you can kind of tell what someone does with their money and what they do with their time and what they do with their employees and what they do with their structures. It will tell you what they care about, really obviously, won't it? So I'm not going to go into different companies and different things that we might disagree with here. But I do want to challenge us that actually, where our treasure is, that's where our heart will be. And if our heart is in things that are just living in this world, Jesus is aware they they will bother us. We will worry about food and clothing and what's going to happen in the future, like we do do that. But actually, the invitation from God is to live for something more and have our heart in something else. And as we do, as we live in that delight from the Father and his delight in us, that we will find there's more of a freedom and there's more of a joy and that there's something about our baseline that might be able to change. There's something about how we've invested um, that will change who we are. And actually, as we want to share Jesus with people, as we want to share faith and hope with people, if we've invested that well in our own spaces, whatever that looks like for us and God, that will also help us to be able to share that with other people and draw other people into that hope and draw other people into that relationship with God. So what I'd love to do is we are going to take a couple minutes just to sit with these passages. I'll read it one more time through, and then we're going to just think for a couple of minutes. It's like I said, it's something I think God is calling all of us on a mission with him, but it probably looks different for each one of us. And so we're just going to sit with three questions from this passage. I have those up. God wants you to be free, and he wants you to be content, and he wants to be your father. So if you're going to press into that, here here are some questions that might help you. Where can you cut back something that you don't delight in? Where can you lean into the kingdom and trust God more? That might be with your time, it might be with your money. And where do you need God to help you? Where do you need God to break in? with that promise of him giving you what you need. So I'm just going to read these verses over us again and give us a couple of minutes just to sit with those questions. And then the band are going to come up and lead us in some worship. That's okay. And then afterwards we'll have some time to pray for each other. Is that all right? Okay. So just, Lord, as we come to you, as we read this through again, as we take these comforting but also challenging words of Jesus, we ask you to be present. We ask you to help us with that mindset change from fear to courage, from having to forage and fend for ourselves to being at the Father's table and in the Father's house. You know everything we do. You know all that we give. You know all that we find it hard to give. Come and help us, Lord Jesus. Do not set your heart on what you'll eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's just sit with that for a minute. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us 
We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.